0: Dr. Carl Haas was the popular host of nationally syndicated Adventures in Good Music. You can learn more about this series on our web blog www.classicalmusic.network and now here is another episode of these radio broadcasts.
1: Hello everyone this is Carl Haas and I'm delighted to bring you today the last of a special series of programs between you and me. And so I am delighted to begin with a piece of music which I think shows both the need and the opportunity, namely minor and major, alternately. We're going to hear the second of the Slavonic Dances, Opus 46, by Antonin Dvorak, this one in E minor, and it is performed by the Cleveland Orchestra Christoph von Dohnanyi conducting <laughs> the Slavonic Dance of Dvorak, Opus 46, Number Two in E Minor, performed by the Cleveland Orchestra, Christoph von Dohnányi conducting. This is music which is both of a, shall I say, poignant character and also of a jubilant character. Samuel Barber, a program, a I should say, a composer of our time, a very beloved composer, who died as recently as 1981. I have a very special story attached to this composition. I was lucky, my wife and I both, in being instrumental in founding a chamber music society in Detroit. We lived in Detroit then, and we wanted, on the 10th anniversary of the chamber music society, to do something very special. Well, the board, such as it was, thought we ought to have a dinner, a banquet. I said, we none of us needs that. We all need it like a hole in the head, as we say. Let's do something different. What do you have in mind? I said, let's commission an American composer. Commission? With what money? You know, these organizations had just enough money for next year's stamps. I said, I have a special way. No composer was ever asked in the history of, of uh, commissioning to write a piece by public subscription. Let's do it. Well, I went to, this said, good luck if you can do it. I went to see Aaron Copeland. He said, listen, you know, I'm over-commissioned. I won't be able to live long enough to fill them all. So I went to Sam Barber, and he said, you know, I write very slowly. I'm just finishing a composition which was commissioned by Kuzovitsky two years ago, and he's gone. He was gone already. I said, well, we can wait two years. What do you have in mind? I said, well, it would be wonderful to do something specially for a woodwind quintet. He said, how is it going to be paid for? I told him my plan of public subscription. He flipped out over it. He thought, this is terrific. Yes, indeed, I will accept if you give me two years. We agreed on a commissioning fee, which was very low by today's standards, I gleefully went home and announced to everybody we've got a composer who accepted the commission, and we spent next year's stamp money on getting out a flyer asking everyone to contribute. And I got contributions from $2 to $100 toward the commissioning fee. And the people who gave me two bucks would stop me in the street saying, when am I going to hear my piece? It was a wonderful undertaking, and it created a great deal of public participation. Here is Summer Music for Woodwind Quintet, Opus 31, by Samuel Barber, commissioned by the Chamber Music Society of Detroit. very special selection, a woodwind quintet entitled Summer Music by Samuel Barber, and you remember the story, how it was commissioned, how people of one mind and people of a strong desire to perpetuate the kind of music that we all love can act in order to make it possible. My next selection is a very famous one. Among the compositions that are often written associated with a source of literature is the one that we call incidental music. It's unlike opera, where almost everything is is written with music. It's unlike, uh, shall I say, a... um, A uh, oratorio where you have a whole spoken section sometimes. This is music written to a drama, and the music is interpolated between the acts of the drama, either recalling the mood of the act just passed or prophesying what there is to come. We call it incidental music. In the case of Edvard Grieg, he was asked by the Norwegian writer Ibsen, to write music for his drama, Per Gint. At first, he refused. But then later on, he not only got imbued reading the literature, but he accepted the commission of Henry Ibsen. And here is a portion of that incidental score a Per Gint, namely Solveig's song. We're going to hear this performed by the New York Philharmonic, Leonard Bernstein, conducting. The final portion of the incidental music to Grieg's Per Gint was, for all practical purposes, of this special series. My last selection of the series is a concerto for piano and orchestra by the French composer Camille Saint-Saëns. He was a great master, not only a great pianist, but also an organist, an archaeologist, a writer, a critic and he had a very, very long, productive life. It was in the 1840s, if my memory serves me correctly, maybe 1850s, that Anton Rubinstein asked Saint-Saëns to write a concerto, which he, Rubinstein, would then conduct in his series. Saint-Saëns immediately jumped on the idea. With great pleasure shall I write, he said. He not only wrote it, he wrote it in 17 days. Can you imagine that? Gives me goosebumps every time I talk about it. In 17 days he wrote it. It was a commission. Not only that, but he found the time to practice it because it's very difficult. He practiced it so that after 17 days he could perform it with Anton Rubinstein conducting. It's the second piano concerto in G minor, of which we hear the last headlong movement performed by François-René Duchard. You heard the last movement of the second piano concerto in G minor by Camille Saint-Saëns. The pianist was François-René Duchable, one of my favorites, by Mozart. A Sinfonia Concertante, which is written for violin, viola, and orchestra. Now, this is a work which recalls the concerto grosso of the 18th century altogether, and even the late 17th century, when a group of solo instruments was confronted with the accompanying body. Mozart wrote this in 1779, which means he was 23 years of age, with only about uh, 12 years left to live. I think the second movement spells out a little bit of a premonition in Mozart's mind of his own fate in life, perhaps even more so than any other work written around that time. Let's listen to the Andante movement, the slow movement of the Sinfonia Concertante, E-flat major, Kirschl 3, 64. And it is performed here by Iona Brown, who directs also the orchestra as violinist, and Joseph Souk, the viola. And the orchestra is the uh, Academy of St. Martin in the Fields. As I say, conducted by the first violinist, Fiona Brown. was the second movement of one of the most magnificent works Mozart ever wrote, Sinfonia Concertante, for violin, viola, and orchestra. It was performed by Iona Brown, who also conducted the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields, and Joseph Suk, the violist. Music that you and I love, music which is not necessarily of the dancing variety, nor does it come anywhere as near the craze and the fads that youngsters have, which I do not belittle. Our next selection is a work by Aaron Copeland. Aaron Copeland was asked by the principal of a high school, could he possibly write something for high school youngsters to perform? Well, that was a difficult task, but... Aaron Copeland was always imbued with what youngsters ought to be doing. And so he came through with a work which has an outdoor flavor, something which a high school band or orchestra could play outdoors. It is in effect entitled An Outdoor Overture. Listen to it as you hear it performed by the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra, Erich Kunzel conducting.
2: I was like, fuck, fuck,
1: Outdoor Overture by Aaron Copeland, a very positive work, one to which youngsters indeed have responded. In this program entitled, once again, Between You and Me. This is Carl Haas.
0: You've been listening to Adventures in Good Music with Dr. Carl Haas. You can learn more about this series from our web blog at www.classicalmusic.network. And join us next week at the same time for another episode of Adventures in Good Music with Carl Haas. You've been listening to Adventures in Good Music with Dr. Carl Haas. You can learn more about this series from our web blog at www.classicalmusic.network. And join us next week at the same time for another episode of Adventures in Good Music with Carl Haas.